Today we're taking a look at uh, cruelty in the factory farm industry. It's a theme that we visit frequently on this program. Coming up in the second half of the show, we are going to hear from Nathan Rungle of Mercy for Animals. But we're going to begin today's program uh, playing a little video clip from Mercy for Animals, taking a look at uh, their accomplishments in the year 2007. It's a video, but uh, the audio does contain uh, a lot of the information that uh, is relevant. And then after that, we will go into the hidden camera video that was released to the press about about a week ago, exposing uh, abuse in the uh, the egg industry. So, uh, let us go ahead and play Mercy for Animals 2007 Year in Review video, and uh, you hear it here on Justice or Just Us. A local animal rights group follow over the treatment of egg laying. Mercy for Animals has just released their undercover video of a North Carolina turkey and chicken slaughterhouse. Mercy for Animals uncovered a disturbing situation at a slaughterhouse and is demanding change. Workers there were caught on tape doing this. Punching, kicking, throwing, and ripping the heads off of live animals. It's sick, really. A local animal rights group says turkeys are being abused before making their way to restaurants. They send in a worker undercover. This is heinous cruelty that we should not be allowing in a civilized society. The I-team's Tom Merriman has obtained hidden camera video. Are turkeys being abused before making their way to restaurants? One animal cruelty group says yes. The best way to prevent animal cruelty is to stop supporting these industries. The House of Rayford provides chicken and turkey to large restaurant chains including Denny's and Arby's. Denny's announced it is suspending immediately its supplier relationship with House of Rayford. Denny's announced it will no longer do business with the House of Rayford.
27 billion animals are killed in the United States every single year for food. I was just shaking, I almost started crying, like it was just, it hit me so hard. And I haven't been able to eat eggs since, since we saw that video, because it's just so disturbing. And it's not one of those things you really think about until you actually see what's going on. And once you see what's going on, it's not really something you can ignore. Animal activists crying foul over the treatment of egg-laying chickens. Today, Chicago-based group Mercy for Animals targeted the United Egg Producers Annual Board Meeting. Activists claiming too many hens are held in cages and protest the way the birds are treated. If egg producers treated dogs or cats in the way that they abuse egg-laying hens, they could face felony-level animal cruelty charges in most states. out in full force they don't want you to buy fur dayton's a mercy for animals they animals who live on fur farms suffer terrible circumstances their entire lives they're confined to tiny cages usually they're filthy with up to four animals per cage and then they are killed by methods including gassing electrocution or even having their necks broken and these methods are not 100 percent effective as some animals are waking up while they're being skinned we're happy to report Kriegsman Furriers is going out of business. Obviously, Asheville is getting the message not to support such cruelty. Armed with signs, banners, and leaflets, Mercy for Animals say they're just hoping to draw attention to inhumane practices of killing animals for fur. Today we're taking a look at factory farms and uh, the egg industry. We turn now to a hidden camera video recorded in early 2008 at Gimperl Enterprises in Merced County revealing uh, terrible conditions in the egg industry. Last week, news headlines revealed this undercover investigation by the animal rights group Mercy for Animals. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we'll be joined by Nathan Rungle from uh, Mercy for Animals discussing the video and uh, discussing uh, in more detail some of the uh, standard practices in the uh, egg industry. But we turn now to that hidden camera video 
Um, for listeners out there, fortunately, you won't be seeing the images, but uh, they are quite uh, disturbing, and uh, sometimes imagination is worse than what you could actually see. So let us uh, take a minute and load this page. And again, this is hidden camera video taken by Mercy for Animals, and uh, following the video, we'll be joined by Nathan Runkel of Mercy for Animals. For nearly two months, I worked undercover at Gemberley Enterprises in Turlock and Hillmar, California. During my short time at this new cow food supplier, I witnessed horrific animal abuse, including thousands of birds packed into tiny cages where they couldn't even spread their wings, workers violently ripping birds from their cages and slinging them into kill carts, birds suffering from bloody open wounds, infections, and broken bones, and dead hens left to rot in cages with birds still producing eggs for human consumption. This is the true cost of battery cage egg production. Here a live hen has been left in a cage in a depopulated barn. A worker stretches her neck out to kill her, though she continues to fight and struggle as he tries to stomp her underneath a stack of cages into a manure pit. I found a hen left inside of a cage that was still alive, but severely ill. And I pointed this out to a manager who grabbed her, took her to the side, and spun her neck around to try and break it. He then threw her up against a wall and walked off. Minutes later, the body was left there and she was still kicking, still barely moving. Young birds who have just reached egg-laying age are brought to the factory farm on stacked wheeled cages. Transport cages would often slam into each other during the unloading process. The birds were then grabbed from the transport crates and shoved into the cages. Generally the birds were grabbed by their wings and by their legs and stuffed into the cages. If they get caught in the doorways, they're often beat or pushed or had other birds shoved up against them to be pushed into the cages. The process is forceful and violent, with little consideration given to the care of the birds. The birds would scream and panic as they were shoved into the cages. When hens reach one to two years of age, their egg production declines. The egg industry refers to these birds as spent hens. After a lifetime in a tiny battery cage, this is what the end looks like for spent hens. The birds were pulled out of their cages by their necks, their wings, or their legs and thrown forcefully into metal bins that the workers moved along. The screams of the birds being pulled from their cages and slammed into the kill carts will stay with me forever. Once inside the metal carts, the hens are gassed with carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is an acidic and irritant gas that is pungent to inhale. After the birds are gassed, their bodies are dumped. Over 90% of the egg-laying hens in the United States are forced to spend their lives crammed in tiny wire cages, which are stacked in tiers inside windowless warehouses. 
between five to seven hens are crowded into a single cage. Without reprieve, day after day, the birds are forced to stand on cage wire, so overcrowded that they cannot spread their wings, walk, or perch. Nearly every natural behavior is denied or frustrated by the intensive confinement of the battery cage. These naturally clean animals were reduced to living in the excrement of their cage mates. Induced by the crowded living conditions and constant rubbing against cage wire, many hens suffer from extreme feather loss. Sick and dying hens were very commonplace at Gemperly Enterprises. I would often see hens dying or dead inside cages with a variety of wounds, including prolapses, large sores, infected eyes. Weak or sick birds are often trampled by their cage mates. I never witnessed a veterinarian treat any bird, no matter how sick or injured she became, meaning many of them were left to suffer to death from various illnesses and injuries. I would often see birds littering the floor that had been pulled out of their cages by other workers, left to slowly suffer, unable to stand on their own, or with what appeared to be broken wings, broken backs, or broken legs. These birds were denied veterinary care and had no access to wholesome food or water. I found many dead hens left to rot under other hens still producing eggs for human consumption. For these hens, the confinement and stress of life crammed in a battery cage was simply too much. I removed dozens of dead hens from cages. Many severely decomposed, some trapped in the wire of their cages, and others with open sores or infections. Next time you sit down to a meal or visit the grocery store, please remember these hens. And consumers hold enormous power in ending this abuse. If you are appalled by these conditions, please boycott the egg industry. Every time we sit down to eat, we can choose kindness over cruelty by adopting a compassionate vegan diet. For eggless recipes and cooking tips, visit chooseveg.com. And uh, there you have it. That is the uh, undercover uh, or the hidden camera, I should say, uh, video investigation.
And uh, that is available at the Mercy for Animals website, which is mercyforanimals.org. We're joined now by Nathan Runkel. He is the executive director of Mercy for Animals, which is a national nonprofit animal advocacy organization that he founded in 1999. Today, Mercy for Animals has over 16,000 members and offices in Ohio and Chicago. Nathan has played a leading role in the organization's uh, groundbreaking undercover investigations at Ohio's four largest egg factory farms, uh, rodeo events, which we've covered here on this program, and a North Carolina poultry slaughterhouse. And the uh, the bio goes on and on. He's appeared in stories by dozens of newspapers and ra- radio programs, as well as on PBS, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox affiliates, as well as here on KUCI's Justice or Just Us. And uh, Nathan joins us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, really, really disturbing uh, video, which uh, or audio, I should say, which we just played for our listeners. Um, certainly, here in California, I don't know what the news was like the rest of the country, but this was this was really major news uh, in the state of California. So I don't know if congratulations are in order, but, uh, you know, certainly advocacy groups, uh, struggle to, to gain attention for their, their cause. So in that regard, I'll, I'll say congratulations, but, uh, certainly it's not the kind of news we want to hear. Could you take our listeners back? How, how did this story about, um, and how do you pronounce it? Is it Gemperl? Gemperly. Gemperly, how did this story come about? Were you tipped off that abuse was going on? Take take our listeners back a bit. Sure. Uh, earlier this year, in January and February, an investigator with Mercy for Animals gained employment at Gimperly Enterprises in Merced County, California. And for those two months, he worked as a maintenance and construction worker, wired with a hidden camera, and he documented the daily treatment and confinement and neglect that the birds at this facility endure. We selected Gimperly Enterprises for the, this investigation completely at random. We did not have any insider information that abuse was taking place, and we believe that the findings of this investigation, as well as those of our past egg farm investigations, really paint the picture that this cruelty runs rampant in the entire egg industry, and that this is not a matter of a bad apple, but rather the entire bushel is is rotten in the fact that animal cruelty is inherent in the battery cage system, which is used by over 90% of egg producers, where these birds are kept crammed inside of tiny wire cages for their entire lives, where they're not even able to spread their wings, walk, or engage in other natural behaviors. So the findings of this investigation are extremely disturbing, and, and certainly we were pleased with the media's interest, because so often the public is kept largely in the dark on what's happening behind the oftentimes closed doors of factory farms and slaughterhouses. So to be able to get the the horrific reality and this undercover footage on TV, I think, uh, really does some justice and helps awaken the consciousness of of the consuming public who we believe have a right to know um, how these animals are treated and where their food comes from. You know, it's interesting that you, you talk about the media coverage because I went ahead and uh, I'm on your uh, your mailing list for Mercy for Animals, and when I got this this story, 
I went ahead and sent it out to people that I thought would would not immediately delete the email as just you know another one of one of Jarrett's causes to uh, to burden them with and to depress them with. And uh, interestingly, people that I I didn't think would be uh, would be sympathetic. Um, had already heard about this because it was on the the it was in the L.A. Times and then it made it to uh, all the news affiliates uh, throughout California, so uh, the the media coverage really was uh, was outstanding. Uh, maybe uh, well, let's back up a minute and then I want to find out how you have been able to um, form that kind of relationship with uh, with the media. But um, let's clarify a, a misconception. I remember uh, maybe about a decade ago there was all this talk about free range animals and particularly free range eggs, and then the story kind of died down. Uh, so maybe the public is under the impression that free range has kind of become the norm of the egg industry. And I think what Mercy for Animals has done a, an effective job of doing is dispelling that myth. So you talked about that 90% actually of the egg industry is not free range. Go, could you just clarify for the listeners exactly how the egg industry operates? Absolutely. Over 90% of eggs that are produced in this country come from hens that are kept in crowded cages, which are called battery cages. And, and these birds are so confined that they're given less space than a notebook-sized piece of paper to live their entire lives. They never touch the ground. They really never see um, the sun. They never breathe fresh air other than when they're being transported to and from uh, the factory farm. So these animals are really deprived of even the most basic natural behavior. So this is the industry standard, the industry norm. And unless an egg carton is marked as cage-free or free-range, you can guarantee that these eggs are being produced in similar conditions to those uh, found by this investigation. And I encourage your listeners to go to mercyforanimals.org and view this video for themselves and see if this is cruelty that they want to support. But we also want to point out that Cage-free doesn't mean cruelty-free, and there still are a number of problems with these systems. So we really encourage consumers to reduce or eliminate their consumption of eggs, and our website, chooseveg.com, has uh, over 100 uh, all-vegan recipes, cooking videos, and uh, information on cooking without eggs. So um, it's really an easy step that we can make, and, and every time that we sit down to a meal, we can choose between supporting animal cruelty and living a compassionate lifestyle. You know, that's one of the things that uh, I find really, really uh, important about Mercy for Animals is the emphasis that you place on on diets because, you know, often discussion about animal rights or the conditions of animals uh, seems to gravitate toward, you know, animal experimentation for AIDS or cancer or, or things of that nature when the, you know, and it's harder to convince people to take the first steps to recognizing the rights of animals when, when people naturally gravitate to those extremes. And I think, you know, Mercy for Animals does a great job of discussing the fact that most of the abuse that takes place is in, uh, is in a diet. It's almost like, you know, debating the topic of pornography with someone and they immediately bring up, you know, snuff films or child pornography and it's kind of, you know, a, a red herring, if you will. Um, talk about, if you can, you know, we in California now have legislation that is going to be presented uh, to the voters about uh, factory farms in California. Can you tell our listeners about that? 
Absolutely. If, if you're familiar with the campaign. Sure. Come November, Californians will have the opportunity to vote yes on the Prevention of Farm Animal Cruelty Act. And this is a measure that was placed on the ballot after nearly 800,000 California voters signed petitions saying that they wanted the opportunity to improve the conditions for farmed animals. So this is actually a very modest proposal. And all that it does is it gives farm animals basic freedom of movement. It gives the ability to stand up, lie down, turn around, and extend their limbs. And I don't think that anyone would argue that this is the least that we could do for farmed animals. And, and currently, the use of battery cages for egg-laying hens, gestation crates, which are tiny stalls only two feet wide where pregnant pigs are kept for the duration of their lives, so small that they can't turn around, they can't lie down comfortably. Many of them go literally insane from lack of stimulation, as well as the use of veal crates, again, two feet wide, tiny stalls where baby calves are separated from their mothers and then spend their short lives chained by their necks inside of these devices. This is really horrific cruelty, and we are optimistic that come November, Californians of conscience and compassionate citizens will have their voices heard and said that this sort of abuse will simply not be tolerated in our state. And uh, we've certainly focused on that legislation here. Uh, while we were trying to get it on the ballot, uh, we've done a couple of shows on that topic. I want to remind listeners they're in tune to KUCI in Irvine. This is Justice or Justice. We're speaking with Nathan Runkel from Mercy for Animals. Uh, we've looked at uh, the use of elephants in the circus. We've looked at rodeos. We've looked at dog fighting and other uh, topics on this program over the past year or so. And it's sometimes easier to convince listeners to feel compassion for, say, a circus elephant or uh, a steer in a rodeo. Uh, how do you respond to people who say, uh, they're just dumb chickens, or come on, they're just birds? How do you make the case that uh, we shouldn't make distinctions amongst different types of animals? Absolutely. It is really a challenge sometimes advocating on behalf of, of birds because they don't have facial expressions. And this is something that people don't really think too much about, but it's, um, it's difficult to relate to chickens because they look so different from us and many people would not consider them to be as cute or cuddly as dogs or cats and, and certainly very few people have had the, the opportunity to get to know a chicken or a turkey. But when it comes down to what's really important, which is a matter of whether these animals can suffer, we know that cows, pigs, and chickens suffer in very much the same way as you or I or dogs and cats. They have brains. They have central nervous systems. They have nerve endings. And when we actually stop and pay attention to who these animals are, we see that chickens are actually very interesting individuals with their own personalities. Back in 2005, the Washington Post ran a story about how animal scientists were calling for a remapping of the bird brain for the over 90% of the 1,000 terms used to refer to the structure of bird brains they were calling to be revamped. And 
what they found was the traditional view of a bird's brain was that relatively small uh, percentage was used for um, instinct or cognitive behavior, and the majority was used for instinctive behavior. But now we know that about 75% of a bird's brain is used for cognitive behavior or learning, and chickens actually have foresight. They can pass information along generationally. They recognize up to 100 other chickens by their distinct facial features. They have their own language consisting of up to 30 different calls that mean very specific things. So these animals are unique individuals, but there's just such a huge misunderstanding about these animals. And we really think that it's not a matter of how intelligent these animals are. It's a matter of if they can suffer. And we know without a doubt that chickens suffer. And because of that, it is our moral obligation to include them in our circle of compassion. And it's a point that, uh, of course, Peter Singer makes in his, his now classic Animal Liberation, uh, where, you know, the question is about suffering. It isn't about uh, intelligence. Um, let's explore uh, a question I, I alluded to earlier. It seems that Mercy for Animals, both we played the, the 2007 year in review clip before we played the um, the the hidden video clip, uh, Mercy for Animals seems to have courted quite a, a, a good relationship with uh, with the news media. Uh, is that because you're pretty much providing them with the the, the visuals that they need to to have stories talk? Uh, you know, we this show caters to a lot of different activist groups and grassroots campaigns. So, if you could talk a bit about how you're able to have such a, a positive relationship with the news media, I think that would be beneficial. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes it is hit or miss. Not everything that we do is so widely covered. But I think with the undercover investigations, the footage speaks for itself. And the news media knows that, that the public would be really outraged by these conditions. And they also understand that cruelty to animals and respect for animals is an important issue for their readers, their listeners, and their viewers. So when we do these undercover investigations, we really do the majority of the work for the news media. We have people that are employed for, for months on end documenting what takes place there. Um, and I think that, that the media understands the importance of these issues. And we're really starting to see a huge trend towards people adopting vegetarian diets. More and more states are starting to outlaw the, the inherent, inherently cruel gestation crates and veal crates. So working with the news media is also a matter of developing relationships. And there are a number of reporters that we have worked with over the years who have expressed keen interest in these issues. So those are always the individuals that we go to first to, to break these stories. And and oftentimes the other media, once it has been broken, um, are quick to jump on the bandwagon and report these important issues to their, their readers, listeners, or viewers. And what has been the response? It's been a little over a week now since the, the story hit uh, the front pages and the, the news headlines here in California. Uh, have you uh, heard response from Gemperly Enterprises? And what about the uh, the, the markets or the, the chains that uh, do business with uh, Gemperly. Sure. On Wednesday, we held a news conference in Los Angeles to, to bring up the point that Trader Joe's, which which I shop at, and I know probably a lot of your, your listeners shop at, was actually purchasing and selling eggs from Gimperly Enterprises at many of their locations in Northern California. And Gimperly, cruelty at Gimperly has been uncovered in the past, 
activists or have been activists that have um, gathered video footage a number of years ago and presented this to Trader Joe's, but Trader Joe's failed to take any action. But when we held this news conference and really was holding Trader Joe's accountable for what's taking place at their suppliers, the company almost immediately announced that it was going to sever its ties with Gimperly Enterprises, which we certainly believe is a step in the right direction. It shows that the company is acknowledging that cruelty was taking place at a supplier and that this cruelty is unacceptable, but we don't feel that Trader Joe's has gone far enough. We're asking them to adopt a policy that prohibits the sale of eggs from hens kept in tiny battery cages. This is something that their leading competitor, Whole Foods, has already done, as well as over 300 colleges, American Online, Google, another of, uh, a number of other socially responsible and progressive companies. So, so that was some fallout from the case. Gemperly has released bogus statement saying that the, the footage is not authentic, which unfortunately we can't say we're surprised by. This is a tactic that animal abusers have used in the past to sort of justify or shift the blame when they are caught red-handed abusing animals. And certainly um, this, this abuse that was taking place uh, started to have financial consequences for the company when they started losing suppliers. So it's really unfortunate. What needs to happen is, is these companies need to take responsibility for what's taking place, and take immediate corrective action. So this is um, not surprising, but those have been some of the fallout. Uh, we have not yet heard back from the district attorney or the sheriff's department. We are requesting that criminal charges be filed against the company for violating California's anti-cruelty statutes. And the, the real basis of our complaint is that we found dozens of birds who are suffering from broken bones, untreated infections, as well as huge blood open wounds and gashes, and these birds were left to suffer till, till many of them died without receiving any veterinary care, and many of them had no access to food or water. And California law is very clear that you cannot subject animals to unnecessary suffering. So we believe that the video footage is very clear and documents such a callous attitude and disregard from management um, to the suffering of these animals. So we are cautiously optimistic that the district attorney in Merced County will take action and uh, hold this farm accountable for the abuse taking place there. We're speaking with Nathan Runkle from Mercy for Animals, and uh, I should point out that I did write to uh, the CEO of Trader Joe's and heard back in just a couple of days, pretty much echoing what you just said, that they're, they're outraged, et cetera, et cetera, but they, they weren't really taking a stand against uh, battery cage eggs. They simply said that they were severing ties kind of with Gemperly, but that they didn't have direct ties. They went through, um, through a co-op that has ties with, uh, with Gemperly. So I think uh, another letter is, uh, is in order. And then if that doesn't work, uh, you, you step it up a bit. But uh, in the, the minute or so that we have left, I'd like uh, to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners uh, more specifically, or more generally, I should say, about the kind of work that Mercy for Animals does. And uh, again, I know that Mercy for Animals really pushes uh, a vegetarian or a vegan diet. So tell our listeners a bit about your organization, and then if you can make the pitch that you would make to someone if you're out there leafleting about uh, becoming vegetarian or considering veganism? 
Absolutely. Uh, Mercy for Animals focuses almost exclusively on exposing the hidden reality of animal agriculture and factory farms. And we believe that non-human animals are irreplaceable individuals with morally significant interests and hence rights. And we do this in a number of ways with our undercover investigation, human education in classrooms, and advertising campaigns. And we really believe that the most powerful tool that anyone has to prevent animal cruelty in our society is through their diet. And though it oftentimes seems like an insignificant personal choice when we sit down to a meal, the reality is that our food choices have profound consequences on the treatment of animals. And the average vegetarian spares over 100 animals every year the horror factory farms and slaughterhouses. So we believe that adopting a vegetarian and vegan diet is really just a matter of living living in line with the values that so many of us have, such as being fair and kind to others, and in this case, to others being animals. And it's really a matter of extending our circle of compassion to those that we relate to least, though that we know the least about, um, which are farm animals in many cases. So I think we have to ask ourselves, if we wouldn't cram hens into cages where they can't spread their wings, if we wouldn't kill animals in the most brutal ways, if we wouldn't castrate piglets or slit the throats of cows while they're still alive, do we really want to pay someone else to do that on our behalf? And when we sit down to a hamburger, a hot dog, or an omelet, we are paying someone else to do our dirty work for us. So every time we sit down to eat, we can choose kindness over cruelty. And again, I encourage listeners to visit chooseveg.com for, for helpful tips and to order a veg starter kit as well as mercyforanimals.org. And, of course, uh, there are also environmental and health and so many different reasons to, uh, as you say, choose veg. And uh, listeners should definitely check that out. Nathan Runkle, this is great, great work. I'm so thrilled that, uh, although it's an unfortunate situation, that you've been able to get so much uh, media coverage, not only here on small, independent KUCI, but uh, also in uh, newspapers and uh, on television stations throughout the state of California. So congratulations on that and keep up the good work and we'll have to have you back soon. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And again, it's mercyforanimals.org. Nathan Runkle, thank you so much. Thanks.